Rochester Today with Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning. It's time again for Rochester Today with Tom Ostrom because it's Thursday. Hey, good morning, Tom. <laughs> good morning, Andrew. <laughs> so... We're both here, which means neither of us won the Mega Millions jackpot. So uh, onward we go. What's in the mailbag? The Babylon Bee is just so perceptive. Uh, uh, the satire, the hypocrisy. Uh, you know, uh, it, we've had very cold weather, sub-zero, ice and everything else. And uh, no global warming, it looks like, but cold weather. So the Babylon Bee's on top of it. And he's, it's, uh, they say, oh, no. Scientists now determined we're headed for an ice age and we're going to have to pump as much CO2 as possible into the atmosphere or we're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, from Nevada, Dan, he covers this issue well, so I'll let him do it, whether we say anything about it later or not. Um, uh, uh, from the American expect Spectator and Dan's remarks. Lawyers for President Biden found Obama administration documents, including marked classified foreign affairs, China, Iran, Ukraine, uh, at the Biden Center for Global Diplomacy. When he was vice president, he took classified documents off campus and put them there after they blasted Trump for doing the same thing. But the key thing is the vice president does not have declassification power. Uh, the courts have said it that uh, the president does. And now Obama's gonna have to figure out, does he forgive Joe? Does he say he gave Joe permission? And if so, that just shoots all to blazes, the criticisms of, uh, of Trump. And again, classified about China, Iran, Ukraine, uh, and Russia are in those documents. Uh, maybe you have more to say on that now or later, Andy. We'll save it for later. Okay. And then uh, from KLS, uh, what a surprise. The left wingers aren't howling and screaming that the Buffalo Bills prayed in public for the team player who collapsed on the field. Why the silence? Has uh, this got anything to do with ethnicity or do the leftists uh, now agree that prayers work? Uh, and I'll mention that even the media, the leftist media has conducted uh, prayer sessions uh, in their broadcasts. So that's interesting. Uh, and it then, is interesting, yeah. especially with the derision that Tim Tebow received when uh, he expressed his religious beliefs during pro football games from Andrew. some of his teammates and from members of the uh, what do you call it? The social media globe. I don't know. The Twitter dome or whatever you want to call it. Andrew, you're looking over my shoulder. I haven't finished the mailbag. Oh, okay. makes that very point, you perceptive guy. She said, I hadn't thought about the ethnicity angle, Tom, but you're right. If the injured player had been white, uh, a professing Christian, the left would have been aghast. And then she says this, Andrew, you and she are thinking alike. Just think of the reaction had it been Tim Tebow they were praying for, or if Tebow had been there leading the prayers. Of course, no one wants a devout Christian publicly displaying religion. Yeah. So uh, that's interesting. Uh, you, you thought of that right away. When the push comes to shove, 
I think uh, a lot of people find religion. Mm-hmm. Oh, indeed. Or religion do. finds them. Let's put it that way. You bet. You bet. Those who uh, profess to be atheists or agnostic in their younger years, if they're lucky enough to uh, grow to an older age, I think they many of them come to some sort of mm-hmm. reconciliation, let's say, mm-hmm. or rationalization, or mm-hmm. I don't know. Indeed. Well, you and KLS thought of that angle and recalled it from the past uh, very ably. And then one more mailbag from Rose. Tom and Andy, uh, on on this business, uh, 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 what she will explain. The link below, when you scroll down to the caution video, is what's left on the web from the original video I saw January 6, 2022. The original video shows Ashley Babbitt trying to break the glass in the door. You can clearly see on the other side a handgun pointed at the door from inside. The person was visible about 10 seconds on the video. As soon as the door was breached, Ashley was shot. The part you see in the video, and she has the video included for me, clearly shows, and this is what I tried to explain, Andy, I didn't explain it well, clearly shows that on the other side of the door with Ashley and surrounding her were multiple Capitol police in the stairwell. Why didn't they stop her right there? And they were even close enough that one officer helped lower to the floor after the shooting to try to stop the blood. By the way, Tom, the man who took that video has been prosecuted. That's inexplicable. Yeah. Why they wouldn't have tackled her and not used lethal force. I, and I said, I, no I, I chased you and surrounded by police. I meant outside the door. Yeah. And they, they responded to her and tried to stop the bleeding. So I understand panic, rioters, the backpack, you've raised that point, but also the, um, the reactions of, of, of diversity. But I also will go back to the Twin Cities case of Falando Castillo, where the officer opened fire into the car as he was reaching over to where near his gun was, which he was legally permitted to carry. And the explanation there was that officer panicked. Yeah. That, um, and that may be the explanation here. Mm-hmm. That perhaps those Capitol Police officers on the other side never expected anybody to open fire. Yeah. So they weren't, I, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, either way, it shouldn't have happened. No. Terrible tragedy. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's the mailbag. That is the mailbag. Okay. So before we go, is is this officer, have they cleared him of charges already, this officer, or is he still under investigation? Remember, he's isolated at a U.S. Air Force uh, comfort zone. Uh, I don't know that. It, it sounds like they've dropped the charges. Uh, they haven't even uh, 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 pursued it or prosecuted him or questioned him or held him accountable it's just uh, they've let it well, go. Well, I'm sure they've questioned him. I mean, I'm sure he was immediately brought in for questioning as a law officer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was ever taken into custody, but I'm sure he was questioned. Well, he was taken to that Air Force uh, base uh, and 
secluded, but uh, I, I don't know, Andy. Well, I'm sure there's death threats against him, considering how wacky this nation has become as far as people coming out of the woodwork and issuing death threats against You're people. Correct. That's why they've got him in isolation, not to punish him, but to protect him. Yeah. Uh, it's my understanding. Okay. Well, I obviously have to do a lot more research into where yes, this case is at. Yes, quit thinking so much. It yeah. hasn't been really high on my list of things to do, to be honest with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'll I take up. as you know, I'm usually, and so are you, very pro-police. So uh, it's not often I find reason to criticize, but I, I do hear. And uh, again, lots of people have different views. And, and it was a tense situation and certainly an unusual one. All right, we'll take that break. Since we're done with the mailbag, back in just a few moments on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. How's business? It's great. With Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back, everybody. More Rochester Today, Minnesota news, local news. What do you want to start with, Tom? Well, you mentioned this, Andy, and I hadn't been aware of it, and I had a chance to read more about it. Uh, Olmstead County Sheriff uh, Torgerson, uh, he has spoken out publicly. Uh, he's not uh, in favor of this legalization of marijuana. No, and, he's not. <laughs> and he raised these points on Facebook. And I don't know, was he before the legislature, too, on this? He has uh, spoken in St. Paul a few times, yes. Okay. It's uh, And this article uh, from Minnesota News, uh, his, he's pushing back. He doesn't like this. He said... Uh, he's concerned about road safety with marijuana users. He said, how many people will our state legislators say is okay to be killed for this expansion of freedom? Uh, what do you say to family members when you have to uh, inform them about the death of a loved one? And uh, incidents where marijuana has been legalized have already shown problems in Colorado, uh, impaired driving, uh, increased by 120% after the legalization. In Canada, uh, drug-impaired driving rose 43%. And uh, he goes on with other concerns and other statistics. And uh, uh, yeah, that's right. It's, it, it seems to be as bad as, as DWI is. Uh, that's serious enough. And in the other states where this is happening, not all of them, obviously, but in many of them, uh, part of the argument was if you make it legal, you'll take the illegal law-breaking element out of the transaction and you'll be able to regulate it. Well, in California and in multiple other states, you now have a continuation of grow operations and distribution operations involving the Mexican cartels. Chinese mafia uh, and other organize, uh, organized crime uh, groups that this is still lucrative. The um, cultivation of high potency marijuana and the distribution of it, even in states where it's legal. So it really hasn't solved that part of the problem. And the tax collections, um, I even in St. Paul, the author of this bill has said, don't be looking to this as a cash cow as far as bringing in a bunch of dole for the state of Minnesota to address its needs. It's not going to produce that much tax revenue. It obviously will produce some, but not as much as some people envision. So 
the debate continues, but I think it's a done deal, and I think it'll be among the first bills that reach the governor's desk, and he's already said he'll sign it. Mm. Uh, okay. Uh, well, you just wonder uh, how far these things are going to go. Andrew, you once cautioned me, uh, so alarmed about the influx of uh, Muslims from the Middle East uh, into the United States. Uh, uh, my, my concern was uh, so many people in that religion uh, and if we get to it, international affairs, the Swedes have serious problems with Muslim extremism. We'll, we'll get to that. Uh, that that I was concerned about that. And you, with your effervescent and eternal optimism and quest for balance, informed me that you had met lots of young Muslim students in America, first first generation, uh, through your own children, and that many of them were very sensible and, and had been Americanized. And uh, uh, there's evidence of that in this next uh, news item. Hamlin University professor and art professor was fired for showing images of Muhammad in his art history class. He had warned the students he was going to do it. It was in the syllabus. The Muslims have a prohibition of portraying the image of Muhammad anywhere. And it was concerning to the Hamlin University staff uh, that, that uh, Muslims were insulted by this, so they, they fired the professor. But along with, uh, uh, by the way, uh, the professor was a female, Erica Lopez Prater, an adjunct professor, so she's been fired. Now a national civil rights conservative academic organization is defending her, but you know who else is defending her? And the Hamlin University president, uh, Fenice Miller, uh, uh, informed students with an apology and that the professor had been terminated uh, in that sense. But you know who's objecting to the firing? Muslims. Muslims. Uh, a complaint lodged against Hamlin University for that refused to reinstate the professor. And, and the Muslim Public Affairs Council, Andy, says the professor should be thanked. The professor was trying to teach art history in a very objective manner. We think Hamlin University should reverse its decision to fire the professor whose treatment of the Islamic faith in art history was very balanced. We praise her teaching. She was not Islamophobic. So they're on her side, too. Isn't that something? I, uh, in reading about this situation in Hamlin, which has become a worldwide story, by the way, uh, and obviously uh, a focus of conflict, a lot of finger pointing going on, I read a letter to the editor, and this is of all places, the New York Times, and I'm, I'm just going to read it because I think it sums it up so well. This, these are not my words. Uh, there are many disturbing aspects of this sad story, but what concerns me most is the in apparent inability to acknowledge that more than one truth can exist simultaneously, even when they're not in complete alignment. In the rush to identify villains and heroes, we lose sight of the complicated possibility that A, the professor was justified and well-intentioned, and B, the student was nevertheless genuinely, genuinely offended by the decision to show the image or that A, the professor gave opt-out options in advance, but B, the student 
didn't feel empowered to exercise them fully. If the university had begun with the presumption that all of these things were simultaneously true and had attempted to find a better conflict resolution process, both the student and the professor might have felt they had benefited from the conflict. Instead, we go back and forth between dichotomous positions of right and wrong, villain and victim, oppressor and oppressed, and we end up not with progress towards unity, but rather more deeply entrenched differences. Mm-hmm. I thought, well said. It surely is. Mm-hmm. And yet, uh, yeah, and, and CARE, the other, a different Muslim organization, uh, held a news conference today, or yesterday it was, in the Twin Cities, uh, praising Hamlin for its actions in this case, in uh, dismissing the adjunct professor that you're talking about, and... Uh, Cascading, um, castigating uh, the actions of the instructor as Islamophobia in one form or another, uh, not recognized by most of us as Islamophobia. So it was on and on this will go. It'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. where the Hamlin will end up on this. Mm-hmm. Is, is Hamlin a secular or a religious college? I went blank on that. You know, I don't know. I know it's a private college. I know it's an expensive college to go to. Yeah. I thought it was connected to the Lutherans. Okay. I but that's St. That's Olaf. Yeah. Or Gustavus, too. <laughs> or Gustavus. Well, anyway, so, yeah. someone can educate us because that would make, make it interesting, too, that a religious college based on Christianity is so concerned about the issue uh, on the side that they took. Uh, and, uh, but religious freedom and teaching about religion is also their agenda if that is their denomination so conflicting uh, objectives uh, and values and it was pointed out in the uh, writings of that one advocacy group that you quoted that is supportive of the professor that there are multiple factions within islam yeah and not all are not all have a blanket ban on depictions of muhammad Mm-hmm. Uh, and some in the Shiite community um, look at this a little bit differently. And one of the apparently the paintings that were displayed during the class or shown on an overhead or whatever it was uh, were 14th century, and they actually had been commissioned as part of a religious group's honoring of Muhammad. I. It's, it's too deep in the weeds for me, and I don't have enough knowledge of the faith to say much more about it. But it certainly is, yet again, a head-on collision between freedom of speech and uh, and the religious freedom, I guess, in this country. It's right. going to be a wild one, and it's right, right in our backyard. Right. But I don't remember. I think Christians are just afraid to identify themselves and, and show their faith nowadays because there's so much anti-Christian philosophy uh, but I recall an instance where there was an art project where urine yes. in a container uh, with the Christian cross immersed in the fluid. And I don't even remember Christian colleges and universities making much of a fuss over that. Some complained. Oh, there was fussing. But that had happened uh, uh, at Hamlin, what they have said, but... Assaults on Christianity, I think, are more free and fair game than than the other way. I can't speak to that, Tom. I'm not on a campus. I don't know what's going on on the campus today. And 
uh, it, it sounds like yeah. I don't want. It sounds like I don't want to go anywhere near a campus. To be honest with you, right, right. <laughs> well, uh, famous stand-up comedians who are young won't go on campus. Right, they don't have a sense of humor. Anything you say that's humorous is uh, violating someone's space, and they demonstrate and threaten the performers. So uh, you don't find stand-up comics going to colleges anymore. Well, I think a key part of this thing at Hamlin as well as this was clearly stated in the syllabus for the course. Right. And that syllabus had been approved by somebody higher up than this professor within the organization, a department head or whatever. So mm -hmm. at that point, if it had been reviewed and had been decided upon as being appropriate, I don't know how you could punish this professor for following the syllabus. Right. In fact, her syllabus said what would be covered and gave students plenty of warning to feel free to absent the class the day that it would be discussed. All right. We already have to take a break for news, Tom. We will be back with more of Rochester Today on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. I always wanted to learn. Here I'm Andy Brownell. It is Rochester Today, Thursday morning. And since we spoke last, the kaboom, the uh, story broke. Uh, ironically, CNN is the outfit that broke it, I believe, uh, concerning the classified documents that were discovered at uh, Joe Biden's center at was it University of Pennsylvania, correct? Mm -hmm. Or is it Penn State? I don't remember exactly which one. Well, yeah. Um and obviously, that brought up immediate comparisons to Mar-a-Lago and the scandal over former President Trump's keeping of classified documents in his private offices after he left the presidency and the possibility that he could be prosecuted in some way, shape, or form in connection with the discovery of those classified materials. <laughs> this is all I'm going to say about it, Tom, is okay. if any thought of bringing criminal charges against Donald Trump in connection with Mar-a-Lago and the classified documents, I believe ended with the publication of this story. That's right. If you go back to Hillary Clinton, yep. the Secretary of State, with a server in her private home containing mucho classified materials that were described as, oh, not all that classified, but they were still classified. And now this... Uh, I don't see how you could justify criminal charges against Trump unless you really wanted you want to if you want to elicit an uproar in this country from right. half of the country, you, you, you're going to get it if you try prosecution right. of Trump. And Attorney General Garland, who sick the FBI on, on Mar-a-Lago and Trump uh, at every level on these things, uh, of course, he was smoked out into the open with this. And he very meekly said. Uh, I will ask the U.S. attorney in Chicago to review the documents. Uh, I don't know why there. But because as a Trump appointee. You mentioned, but I mean, you you mentioned uh, the center that uh, Biden uh, administered where he left the documents. The center is called the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement. And the Penn is spelled P-E-N-N. And I don't know if that's somebody's name or if it refers to Pennsylvania. But well, anyway, sure, I, I think it's at Penn State. I think that's why okay. it's there. 
But Biden wouldn't answer reporters' questions. He walked away from them as usual, and uh, and and uh, he was with Mayor uh, Merrick Garland, and he was with Secretary of State Blinken. And when reporters asked them about it, they didn't respond either. They just they just walked away. Uh, but you're right, and it implicates Obama. Biden was his vice president. Did Obama give him permission? Uh, will the FBI go to many of, of uh, um, Biden's residences? He owns, you know, several properties. Are they going to come there with guns drawn and search his domiciles? Probably no. not. No, they're not. And and never should have been conducted the way it was conducted at Mar-a-Lago. If you want to, if you want to pull a lesson out of this, that's what it's probably going to be. Is that? The optics of what they did with the Trump case at Mar-a-Lago um, um, were very poor. And, and now, at this point, look uh, foolish and a great example of overreach. Uh, well, regardless of Trump possessing the articles that he did have, he was engaged in ongoing talks with the archives about return of them because of disputes over which ones he felt were classified or not classified. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that required a police raid. Maybe it required a judge to intercede and mediate the discussions, but it probably didn't require people coming in with uh, flak jackets on and helmets and weapons. Their purpose is to destroy him and make him... uh ineligible in the public eye to run for office again that they're calling him a criminal that that was their game and, but, and that's, what, that's what they did but the irony tom is it keeps every time they do this it can and almost every time it backfires it's yeah. it's yeah. almost to, it's almost to the point of comedy at this point it that we, you have this oh we finally got him we got we got trump <laughs> he's got all these classified materials yeah. at mar-a-lago we're gonna run this all the way and he'll never be able to Run for office again. Oops. Right. Biden and, and had for, some too. Darn it. And federal court decisions have said the president has, is the ultimate source and has the ultimate right to declassify things just by his spoken word. So, uh, well, we'll if the Democrat, I don't know if that's actually been decided by the Supreme Court, but uh, it has been decided by federal court. I, okay. I, I in front of me, the name of the decision. And that's what they're arguing now hypocritically about Biden. Well, uh, the president has the, the right to do that. But he was the vice president. Vice president. So, so what did Obama say or do or know or what will he say now? Well, and, and the concern would be, right, from a logical point of view, that you have classified materials that may not be kept in a secure or secure enough facility to prevent them from falling into the wrong hands. In both the Hillary Clinton case with her computer server, which could have easily been hacked and likely was hacked by the Chinese, which may have gave them access to that classified materials, or in this case, regardless of how they ended up there, they ended up there in that closet and how secure was that closet and who had access to the closet. Right. So if your point is, I want to protect our secrets from access by people who, or organizations that would do harm to the United States, you almost have to treat these equally. And it's been shown by critics that the Chinese have already hacked into that organization. So they must have the information that right. Biden had. 
And then I remember Biden was asked about it on 60 Minutes, what Trump did, and he said, it's totally inexplicable. He didn't use that word. He couldn't pronounce it, but that it's, he said it was total carelessness and, and uh, inexcusable. And uh, But now he doesn't know how or what <laughs> with those documents, how they got there. Oh, and the world cannot get any crazier. I <laughs> just... Um, uh, what else do you have for us, Tom, under national news before we run out of time? The, the Congress, the GOP, voted to terminate the Internal Revenue Service request for 87,000 agents. You know, again, the House controls the budget, and the House has decided to defund that program to hire more agents because the Republicans suspect it would just be a more government power going after conservatives and conservative organizations and so uh that's uh, they've they've taken care of that issue yeah but that being okay i got to go back to civics 101 on this though if that was contained in a bill that was signed into law the house cannot unilaterally do that they can take a vote but it would still have to be approved in they the senate take, they did take a vote 221 to 210 to repeal the funding act I know, but the Senate would also have to repeal it if it's already signed into law. I, well, the House has control over funding, and they decide not to fund something. That takes care of it, in my view. But you may have something. Well, there. we both need to go back to Civics 101. Um, I thought it was more interesting uh, in connection with this vote, Tom, was that as part of the negotiations that uh, gave McCarthy the House Speaker position, was a promise of a vote on the Fair Tax Act. And our friend Harold, for many years, has called us and talked to us and sent us materials concerning right. the Fair Tax Act. And I actually had people from his organization on the show. And uh, I became and am still quite enamored by the proposal. And uh, it, it's, I, I don't know if it has enough to pass the House, it, but I know it doesn't have enough to pass the Senate. But I think... I, I just pray that it opens up a real honest discussion in this country about our tax system and the alternatives to the current right. uh, income tax and a variety of other taxes that we face at the federal level. This would be an right. awesome opportunity to have that debate. It would. This grooming business, Chicago Public School Report, this from Red State, uh, a credible uh, news organization, the Chicago Public Schools report by its own inspector general has revealed over 600 cases, Andy, of staff grooming and sexually assaulting students. I read the report. Isn't that something? Yeah, when you see it. Public schools, the inspector general, hundreds of cases of teachers and administrators grooming and assaulting and taking students on trips, paying for trips, assaulting. I mean, I mean, my God, the teaching profession has a lot of corrupt people in it. This is so much worse than the priest scandals that the, and the, but the press doesn't seem as interested in it. The left wing press as they were in that. But you're, you're, you're right about that. Tom, it be arrested and imprisoned. I had to I had to not hunt for it, but it. I, you know, if you were to glance at any of the major, as you call it, mainstream media outlets, there was not front and center. Let's put it that way. I had to go. <laughs> yeah, I right. had to go Googleize it for a while to find. But you did find coverage of it. Probably the only mainstream media 
outlet that did run a story on it was Fox. Otherwise, it was ignored by everybody else. I cannot imagine it was ignored in New York or in Chicago, but maybe it was. And then there's an, ironically, with this article by Kyra Davis of Red State, the Associated Press uh, took a photo of a sign outside of a school in Chicago, and it says, warning, safe school zone. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I will point out there. I think the number is there are 40,000 teachers in the Chicago school district. So on a percentage basis, this is still a small number. But if you're a parent with a child in the Chicago school district, that doesn't give you a whole lot of um, peace. Let's put it that way. Right. Criminal charges so far have been filed against 16 of these uh, alleged uh, over 600 cases. Okay, one more, one more national, and then we have to take a break. A retired FBI boss who is a friend of Christopher Ray, the director, is saying what I said, that the top officials in the FBI are often attorneys and political appointees. They are not FBI agents. And I think the FBI director should be a street experienced FBI agent not these politicians who are so woke, who are so left-wing. And a retired FBI boss who's a friend of the present director has gone public on Just the News and said the agency has lost its independence. It's been cooperated by, it's been co-opted by liberal Department of Justice ideologues. It's outrageous. And uh, his name is uh, Chris Swecker an ex-FBI assistant director, and he's been the latest in the law enforcement community to step forward and criticize the agency and its politicization. And I think the FBI should be defunded uh, uh, or reorganized, or at least have a requirement that the director be an FBI agent with field experience and not some politician or lawyer. I have, a, I have a feeling that this will be a topic of some hearings before the U.S. House at some point over the next two years. We have to take a break, though. As promised, back in a moment with more of Rochester Today on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. This week on Good Money Moves, Jenna Taubel with First... With Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back, Rochester Today. A few more minutes left in the program for today. And usually we try to cover something on the international front. What's first, Tom? From Breitbart, the reporter Chris Tomlinson... A Swedish administrative court has closed two Muslim schools uh, after ruling that neither met the requirements for suitability under the Swedish Education Act. They were under scrutiny by the Swedish security police, uh, warned that students attending the schools were being influenced by extremist Islamic ideology uh, and, uh, and propensities for threats of violence and being radicalized. They withdrew the permits from both of these schools. Uh, and a Somali national working as a principal of one of the schools in Gothenburg was prosecuted and convicted of not only uh, uh, endorsing violence, but 
financial crimes after scamming 13 million uh, Swedish krona, their monetary unit, that's about a one and a half million dollars from taxpayers and sending the cash to Somalia. So uh, Germany, by the way, too, has arrested an Iranian migrant for uh, planning to spread, I don't know the biological terms, but vir uh, uh, viruses or poisons into the into the community. I don't have the biochemical knowledge to explain what they're talking about. And then the security police has recommended that several Islamic uh, allegedly extremist people be deported uh, from Sweden as threats to the national security uh, of the nation. And uh, oh, is uh, ISIS videos were shown in these schools and uh, uh, trouble there. Okay. I have no knowledge of this, so I have to let you guide us through that part of it. And then, uh, you know, I don't understand it. When a Russian missile hits somewhere, they say one person died or something. Some people wonder if we're getting all the casualties on the Ukrainian side. And this from the New York Post, Russian paramilitary units are thought to have captured a large swath of a, of a mining town. And they've made tactical advances and are likely in control of, of that uh, town and that region, uh, taking over the region. And uh, But it was won, as usual, at a very high price. Uh, brave Ukrainian soldiers uh, did their best to, to inflict damage on the Russians, and they're very good at doing that. And uh, the Ukrainian President Zelensky said the situation in Solidar is very, very difficult. and. Uh, uh, so the, the fight still goes on there. Oh yeah, with the horrible tragedies. What you're referring to is that the Russians, and it's a private army, is what it is, mercenaries. That this is how crazy this is. They built up a fifty thousand man paramilitary private army by going to the prisons in Russia and promising these prisoners uh, pardons if they are able to survive a six-month tour of duty in Ukraine. And they have, there have been a handful that have returned, many of them badly maimed uh, during their time fighting in Ukraine uh, and serving with this unit. But you're right, it's, uh, some of the bloodiest fighting you could possibly imagine. And the worry is, and there are some questioning of Zelensky as far as his tactics are concerned that this little village that you're talking about is considered crucial to the defense of this larger city, which is under attack all of the time. And the Russian tactics are seen as they're going to throw everything at it in order not necessarily to take territory or hold territory, but to degrade the Ukrainian army's fighting capacity and weaken them for a spring offensive. So his question is, maybe it'd be the wiser move by Zelensky to pull back from this and not give up so many casualties during this time for something that really isn't um, strategically significant as far as this war is concerned. It's more of a 
um, symbolic nature that Putin can claim he can take this city, but it really doesn't have a lot of value strategically. Psychological warfare. And then uh, I've long criticized Pope Francis' politics. Uh, uh, John Paul II was, was, I think, a great pope in that sense, and, and so was the cardinal who uh, and pope who retired and recently died. And Pope Francis gave a speech, and he outlined the conflicts and injustices in so many parts of the world, in Africa and the Ukraine war, uh, other things. Uh, lamented the, the uh, violence in, in the Middle East. But his exhaustive litany of world conflicts and injustices had nothing to say about the Chinese Communist Party's uh, uninterrupted violence and abuse of the Uyghur Muslims in Xinjiang territory or the Beijing-driven clampdown on civil liberties in Hong Kong. And uh, so the Pope just seems a little bit sensitive about criticizing China like so many authorities are and uh, talking about else uh, elsewhere uh, and and Chinese Christians are being uh, persecuted and so uh, his silence there I suppose can be explained by many American corporate officials and politicians and reluctance to criticize the very powerful China yeah and I don't buy that I, I if if the Pope has one power in this world is to be a voice of moral authority and to point out the bad actors in this world and the bad things that they're doing. And And if he's unwilling to wield that power in the Chinese situation, I, I just don't understand it at all. I, I, I go back to, I don't understand how he ever agreed to allow the Communist Party to appoint Catholic bishops in China. The right. Communist Party is an atheist organization. Mm -hmm. Why? It doesn't make any sense. Right. I, I wonder if he thinks... Other than the curry favor. I wonder if he thinks a mellowed out communism would open the freedoms to have more Chinese Catholics uh, appear and, and practice, practice their faith to the advantage of the Vatican. But I don't understand it either. Well, it doesn't seem as if this communist party leadership has any plans to mellow, you know, mellow out anytime soon. In fact, they've grown more and more aggressive every year. We're out of time. So okay. I'll talk to you next week. Have a good weekend, Tom. You too, Andrew. Go Vikings. Yeah. Tom Ostrom, the Packer fan. We'll talk to you then. Mm -hmm. Rochester Today, News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. First, we decide where we want to go. Then.